0: This episode of Unsalvageable is brought to you by Art by Grace Shirk.
1: Attention art lovers, sentimentals, and anyone looking to capture a special moment. Look no further than Art by Grace Shirk on Instagram.
0: That's Shirk spelled S-H-I-R-K.
1: Now, Grace is a super talented artist who creates stunning works of art in a variety of mediums. She specializes in personal watercolor portraits, mainly pets and botanicals, but she can paint whatever you'd like. Grace works closely with clients to ensure that each piece is personalized and unique. All you got to do is to send her a message on Instagram and a photo and she can get to work creating a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece.
0: Now, Grace hasn't always taken like clients through instagram or anything like this has been just like a word of mouth personal thing that she's done she's an incredible artist but i personally can tell you how special and how amazing she is uh my dog who is about to turn 12 years old and has some health ailments and i was looking for something really really special and she painted a picture based on a picture I sent her. And it is so realistic and so beautiful. My sweet golden retriever, Khaleesi. I just, as soon as I got it in the mail, I started sobbing because it was so beautiful. This is something that's so special. You guys should really check her out.
1: And guess what? Like, I just want you all to know, since we're all dummies and we forget, Mother's Day and Father's Day are both around the corner. You've got less than a month. Mother's Day. So right now is the perfect time to order a personalized portrait for that special someone. And don't forget that these, they also make great gifts. We're talking anniversaries, birthdays, graduations coming up. There are a whole just myriad of different reasons why you should get one of these paintings. And here's some great news. If you mention the code unsalvageable, you can get half off your order today. Simply send that message on Instagram, say that unsalvageable sent you, boom, 50% off right there and then.
0: And half off on something like this is no, no small discount. Like this is a really big deal. And so make sure that you head over, you can take a look at her previous works. It's all really good stuff. So head on over to Art by Grace Shirk. That's S-H-I-R-K on Instagram. Check it all out mention unsalvageable, and take advantage of this limited-time offer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm late. I, you know, I thought that I, my boyfriend's laptop and his own microphone would be suitable and would actually work. And he was like, yeah, no problem. And then he had the audacity to show me his laptop when he opened it up and it was updating.
1: Sarah, what happens when we assume?
0: Make an ass out of Colin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is all your fault, Colin.
0: All his fault. This is going to be a bad episode be ter- now. It's you all know what? his fault. Turn it off right now! <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Disgusted.
0: And to think that I loved him once. To think I loved him once. <laughs> i shocked. And I am hurt. I'm disappointed. And that's what hurts the most. Absolutely. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, Jazz Beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, grades are in. It's grade day.
1: It is Unsalvageable Parent Teacher Conference Day. (laughs) And if you're listening to this podcast, all of your children have failed.
0: All of them except for... Maybe one. Oh, actually, before we get into some grades, I would just like to say that the playoffs have been so fun. So fun. So fun. And and obviously, as we all knew, um, the best players in the NBA are Rui Hachimura. Of course. Bruce Brown. Yep. And Malik Monk. Mm -hmm. Those are the best players in the NBA. Oh, and
1: I mean, and of course, playoff Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah, he's okay.
1: (laughs) I know it's completely not sustainable, but could you imagine, like, extrapolate playoff Jimmy Butler for 82 games?
0: It's funny because when I was covering Jimmy, he used to really piss me off all the time because he seems like
1: a very irritating guy. Oh, he is.
0: And which was funny because then when I saw him after I'd moved to Utah, he was like an incredibly sweet to me. And I was like, I thought we hated each other. And he was like, How's your how's your mom? Like, <laughs> it's good to see you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the he would say this thing that was like that would irritate me whenever anyone would say it. Like any kind of star player is like, you know, when the when the lights are on, like, I know how to turn it on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, well, turn it on now. Prove it, buddy. You know? Mm-hmm. And He's, but he's like, he's bright though. Like he really, he really, really really, like
1: playoff. Jimmy's a thing.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's, I can't fault, I can fault him for being a lot of things, including like kind of an arrogant asshole. Sure. But
1: guys, a gamer, guys, a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. I will never, ever, 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 ever. Forgive the Philadelphia 76ers for letting him walk.
0: Yeah. I mean...
1: I get the dynamics. Like, I I know the stories behind it. I don't care.
0: Yeah. you. Sh- nobody should care about that. Everyone should have been more interested in keeping Jimmy Butler around than they were keeping Tobias Harris paid.
1: It makes me very mad.
0: It should.
1: Anyway... Did you watch that uh that Clippers Suns game last night? I did. Awesome.
0: Incredible. So I, good. It's just been a lot of fun and I just can't get over how happy I am for the Sacramento Kings.
1: Oh, I I I am on the beam bandwagon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Light me up. I oh my- like I will I will go on record right now and say if there is a one team now that the Jazz is are are in the mix, you know, they're not in the playoffs this year. I'm fully on board for the Kings. I want them to win it all.
0: Oh, yeah. And, like, I know that it sounds like geographic bias because I'm from Northern California. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is a little bit. But, like, I think I've made it pretty clear. I've never been a Kings fan. Right. Like, didn't I hated Chris Webber, Mike Bibby. Like, did, did, did not care about the Kings. The only player that I had interest in was Peja. And... But I just know, also from being from Northern California, from being north of Sacramento, and that mm-hmm. being the team that everyone I knew was a fan, I was just like, they deserve this. Absolutely, that
1: I mean, seventeen years between playoff wins.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and that team's good.
0: They're so good, and they're so fun. Like it's fun. Yeah, they're Monk really is fun. Actually, fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, Malik Monk is fun. De'Aaron Fox winning, you know, clutch player of the year. Like. He's so good. And I honestly I'm not sure there's a, a another player quite like Sabonis in the league. Yeah. He does everything.
0: I uh, also He's really, on the, really good on the Sabonis front. Uh well, front of the sternum, I should say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh what a dummy.
0: What a dummy. I mean, the thing is, is like, do I believe that Sabonis was just trying to cover his head after he fell down and got Draymond's ankle, like, nah, I could go either way on that. Probably don't believe that, right? Yeah. Uh that's why he got a technical. Uh, do I believe that Draymond was just trying to get loose and wasn't stopping down with extra force? Absolutely not. We no. know Draymond. <laughs>
1: right. Dray, you can't at this point, Draymond is a repeat, 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 repeat felon.
0: Yeah. And
1: he's gone from kicking <laughs> to, to kicking stomping chests. Chest. Like there is a long history of this behavior.
0: Yeah, there is. He
1: punched his own
0: teammates. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget. Just a few months ago, like he was decking Jordan. I'm Poole sorry.
1: On the I'm sorry, Draymond Green. You do not get the benefit of the doubt in these situations.
0: Yeah, I'm. I am a little surprised that he got uh, suspended a game yeah. for it. I thought. He, I thought that the ejection was enough. I thought that was fine.
1: But do you think it had it had everything to do with him being like super demonstrable and like playing to the crowd yeah, while Adam was, Silver's in the building?
0: Yeah, him yelling at a Kings fan like he called him a <laughs> he was just like
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: And Adam Silver is right there and he's just like, "Okay, bro."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, I think that like has- again, like
1: play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And again, like he did the same thing. Remember what he did in 2016. No, I know. I know. At at some point, like you gotta learn from your behavior, or it's only gonna get compounded.
0: Yeah. Like if you don't if you don't show that you've become like a more a more sensible person in those moments.
1: Which like, he I hasn't.
0: Get, I get it. Like and those are com- those are high pressure situations and he's really competitive. Like, sure, I get all of that, but like You didn't have to stop. I'm sorry, but
1: you don't have to hardcore dance on somebody's chest. It's
0: very funny.
1: Just imagining Draymond listening to Gorilla Biscuits.
0: (laughs) Get in the (laughs) pit! Double bass. (laughs) Absolutely. oh man that's very good uh Matt Matt would love that Matt would have really appreciated that joke but he's not here everyone letting us down today (laughs) I mean
1: he's not the only one with kids and someone you know some of us are doing our jobs
0: (laughs) oh god all right We got grades
1: to hand out. Let's do this. What a fun season! First of all, let's just preface it with what a fun season. Again, exceeded so many expectations. So many fun storylines. So many guys exceeding, again, exceeding expectations. Not only as a team collectively, but respectively as players. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's hand out some report cards.
0: Yeah, and we're not going to go through this in any sort of like ranked way. I think I'm going to start actually at the bottom of the roster.
1: Yeah. Work Um, our way up. Sure.
0: Uh, Micah Potter, uh, don't know anything about him as a player, basically at all. He had some G league stuff and was fine. And he and his wife are very good friends with Walker Kessler. Great. Great. See, we we give him a pass. (laughs)
1: C's get degrees.
0: Uh, Johnny Juzang, the other two-way player on the roster. I actually do have some notes here. Yeah? Um, Was very excited about him um, out of UCLA. And Mm -hmm. the obvious part to his game that is good is that he's like a natural scorer. He's a very fluid shot. He gets buckets. He gets buckets. He can score from any level on the court. Mm -hmm. I have some real concerns about his passing and dribbling, which – are kind of huge components of the game.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're going to be an offensive guy.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that he's at a point where he could actually get a spot on a roster just as like a catch and shoot guy or like a two guard that moves without the ball.
1: Yeah. Cause he's not like he's, he's a decent shooter, but he's not not good enough to just be able to be a spot up shooter. Like he's not a clay Thompson.
0: Yeah. Um, And so just the fact that he's questionable with the ball in his hands is is worrisome. Mm -hmm. I would not expect for the Jazz to put him on another two way. I think we're probably wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um,
1: so what are we saying? Like a like a D D minus?
0: Yeah, I mean, a little bit of it is I I like to give the guys at the end of the bench a little benefit of the doubt, a little bit of credit because you know they're they're playing bad minutes, basically, you know? Yeah. Um, and so maybe if he'd gotten a little bit more time, maybe he would have looked more fluid. I don't know. But from what I'd say, from what I saw, I give him a C minus.
1: I think that's fair. I would go with a C minus. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he had like, he showed some nice things late in the season, but not, not enough for me to be like, Oh yeah, this guy's a real keeper.
0: No, I, that's, and that's the problem is I don't think that I would sign him to another two way. So maybe I do give him a D.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Lucas Shamanich. Intriguing. Very intriguing.
1: Like he's got, he's, he's got that prototypical modern NBA build. He's got prototypical modern NBA skill. There is the question mark of like, this dude didn't work out in San Antonio. Right. What makes you think that he's going to work out here in Utah?
0: Yeah, and one of the things that Will Hardy has said is that he doesn't like when NBA players are judged too early. That's fair, and that that can go like two ways, right? Like you're either spending too much time on a guy that doesn't have it, Mm -hmm. or you end up getting the diamonds in the rough because you're willing to put in more time with someone,
1: right? Yeah, and that's what makes it like makes him so intriguing. Is that – like I wish we had a bigger sample size is ultimately what I'm saying because he looked really good in the short amount of time he played with the Jazz. And I'm excited they picked up his contract and I think it's a good move but part of me kind of just wants to give him a pass with the caveat of like, hey, I need to see more before I can really – you know, make, make a, a, a credible assumption about this guy or really be able to give him a grade. But the little bit that we did see was impressive.
0: It was, I mean, his, his passing was better than how he thought it was ever going yep. to be. Uh, he can score at He's, all three levels too. Yeah. And he, he very much reminds me of like Kelly Olenek. Uh-huh. Like he can be the but guy younger that, and more athletic. Yeah, like he can be kind of a a Swiss Army knife type player for a team. Yep. And that is incredibly intriguing. And to be able to find someone like that, like if you can get him and keep him on a low contract, like that's that's really, really great. And so I think that the Jazz are kind of exactly where me and you are sitting right now, where it's like we do need to see a little bit more. Mm -hmm.
1: And so... I'm excited to see him in summer league.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is that they're they're planning on playing him in summer league, which is going to going to be very good. I'm excited to see like, that. I'm excited. He to like, should
1: he should be able to dominate summer league.
0: Yeah, he should. If he doesn't at least show out in summer league, then we maybe start to ask a few questions. Although, yep. like summer league is weird and it's not good basketball, right? Right. Um, and so it's hard sometimes to you. You can't really see like how good a guy plays how well a guy plays team defense, right? Right. That's not the place that you're going to see it. And so, right, right. um, at least he'll be like on the training camp roster. Mm-hmm. And so you will be able to hear about how he's doing in scrimmages, yep. uh, during training camp and hopefully see a little bit in the preseason, something like that. Um, and it's, yeah, I think that he's absolutely worth taking a little bit of a flyer on and seeing if we can get a bigger sample size.
1: And I'd even I'd even go as as far as to say I'm optimistic about the kid.
0: I am too. I think, I think
1: I think he will do well in summer league. I think he will do well in training camp and I do expect him to be a rotational piece next season.
0: Yeah, and I I like his I like his attitude about kind of his return to the NBA more than mm-hmm. anything where he He admitted he was like, yeah, I was I was young and I was stupid and I need to I needed to be knocked down so that I could realize what I was about to lose. And like he just seems hungry. Yeah, he's incredibly hungry. And I I like that about him. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm for the time that he spent with the jazz and from what we knew about him before. I mean, I would give his time with the jazz. I'd give it an A because it earned him another look.
1: Yeah. I would say out of all of kind of the end of the bench, you know, fringe rotation guys, he's the most intriguing.
0: Yeah, he is. Cool. Uh, now next up, I think he's obviously not down as far at the end of the bench, but it's sort of a similar conversation. And so I want to talk a little bit about Chris Dunn.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was wildly impressed with what I saw out of Chris Dunn. He had that same hunger that we talked about with Samanich and just the on-court results were incredible. I mean, the defense is there. He can shoot now.
0: Yeah, he can shoot now.
1: He can initiate an offense and he can run a pick and roll. He does that search, like that Steve Nash search dribble so well. He looks so calm and so composed. And those were all of the knocks of him Early on in his career, can't shoot, can't initiate an offense, looks erratic. The only thing that's really redeeming about him is his defense. And he's refined those weaknesses while also still remaining an absolute dog on the defensive end, especially as a point of attack defender.
0: Yeah, and... I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough how much he's revamped his offensive game because his the defense was always there. That's what he was. That's what got, that's what made him a uh, number nine pick or uh, I he no, was number fifth, five. He was five, fifth, yeah. pick. yeah, fifth pick overall. Yeah, that's why he was up there is because his defense is absolutely mm-hmm. elite. But. He played about 30 games in the G League, was shooting like 46% from three there. And then the question was like, okay, is that sustainable? And then in 22 games with the Jazz, he shot 47.2% from three. That's unbelievable. It's so good. Like, if this is a guy who you're thinking about giving like a minimum contract to, to be your backup point guard, do it.
1: Yeah, especially like if Colin Sexton is your starting point guard next year. You know, he's he's intriguing. We'll get into it. But like, are we sh- like, he's had two seasons now where he's spent significant time on the bench with injury. And like, to be able to have Chris Dunn as an insurance policy with the way that he's played, like, e- extremely exciting and yeah. a very and smart move. If I had are. to give him a grade, I'm giving him probably like an a minus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He was awesome. I also give him an a minus and that's only because I think that there is even more room for him to get an a plus. And I would not at all be surprised if the jazz, cause his, you know, the deal, the same as Shamanich, his deal for next season is not guaranteed. Right. And so they could waive either one of them. <laughs> I do not expect for the jazz to wave him. Uh, no, I love, think he's a part of him. the future. Yeah. And how can you not? He was so good. Will Hardy said that it was like the second day that he was in the gym with them on the first 10 day that he had. Mm-hmm. And all of him, Will and the coaching staff, they were just looking at each other and they were like, how is this guy not in the NBA? This yeah. is insane. Like, and everyone was just like rubbing their hands together. Like, Oh, we we're getting really lucky here. Like we get him. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's a steal. It's an absolute steal to have mm-hmm. him on the roster. And he is, God, he's one of the most hungry guys in the. I
1: it, love him. Yeah. I'm so like Chris Dunhive.
0: Oh, yeah. Love definitely. the guy.
1: I want to see him succeed so badly.
0: Same. So we're giving Chris an A. And yeah. uh, next up, kind of down at the end, uh, mm-hmm. Damian Jones, our sweet boy. I thought
1: he played really well in, in the small number of minutes. I think, you know, I do think the knock that he's not as aggressive as people want him to be is, is valid. Yeah. But I think he, that it- he still did his job. He gets rebounds. He blocks shots. He finishes and he shot 60 something percent from three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. If he's I your think- backup center. Like you could do a hell
0: of a lot worse. I think that the a good way of thinking about it. First of all, I would just like to say like his footwork on defense mm-hmm. is so good. Yes. I really, really appreciated that. I was, I'm such a fan of his. Watching you're him such move a, on the
1: court, you're such a basketball nerd. I love it. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're looking at like, okay, how do we compare? Like how he played and how impressed we were with him. I'm. It's it's fine to look at it as like what other backup. Uh, centers have the jazz hat and would you rather have Damian Jones? So washed up Derek favors. I'd rather have Damian Jones, Hassan Whiteside. I would rather have a big
1: Mac <laughs> defending the rim. than Hassan Whiteside.
0: I think Hassan would rather have a big Mac
1: too. <laughs> They're good. Listen, there's a reason McDonald's has been in business for nine hundred (laughs) years. This is a McDonald's podcast. Hell yeah. I love McDonald's. I'm on this stupid diet right now where I can't eat anything.
0: Chicken nuggies. I
1: love. I love a 20-piece.
0: Yeah. Amen. All right. Anyways. 20 piece. Something on
1: whiteside would would never give you in the NBA. Uh
0: Tony Bradley. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. He's Like, and it's not just like the, the backup centers that the jazz have had that I would rather have Damian Jones over. Like he's a good backup center. Yeah.
1: He's very good. There are a lot of teams in the NBA who would love to have Damian Jones as their backup center.
0: Yeah. So I, he listen very, very small sample size, like with everyone else, but Mm -hmm. I, I was impressed and. Uh, were there a couple of times where he made kind of boneheaded mistakes? Sure, but he hasn't played a lot in the last couple of years. Sure. And like, Um,
1: also that's basketball.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think.
1: Steph Curry makes bad decisions.
0: I think that giving him a a B plus. I was going to say B. I might actually be conservative, but I'm giving him a B plus.
1: Sure. I'm giving him a B. I think great. it's I think that's well deserved and a very solid grade. You know, and if my kid came home with a bunch of B's on his report card, hey, good job, kid. You did Excellent. great. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Juan Toscano Anderson. What do you think? Eh? Yeah. You know did, what?
1: I think he's like he's like a nice utility guy. He didn't do anything that really like super impressed me. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a great shooter. He's not a great defender. He's not a great rebounder. Like, he's decent at all of those things, but he seems like the type, like, there are a lot of Juan Toscano Andersons in the league.
0: Yeah. Um, I I loved hearing from the coaching staff and the other players that he was a really good locker room guy and that yeah. he was he was a great communicator on the floor and off the floor like mm-hmm. uh, those are really good things but it's also notable to me that those were the things that were said about him right you know what I mean I, like, like
1: nobody's saying like oh why, you know JTA that guy's a bucket
0: right no and no one was saying the things about JTA they were saying about Chris Dunn sure. And so for the record, I like the guy, I like I him. think he
1: plays hard. And I think he's got a little bit of that, like that dog mentality that you like. I just, I am skeptical about his skill level.
0: Yeah. And he's not under contract. So it's not like we really have to like, think about this at all, but, um, God, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted him to do really good and I wanted to like him cause he's an Oakland guy. Yeah. And I just, it, I want to like did, him too. It did feel meh. It did feel meh. Yeah. I give him a, I give him a, you know what? It's kind of hard. I give him a C minus because yeah. c- when you compare it to like some of the other guys that were on 10 days and like right. showed out and he didn't show out as much, like it just doesn't look good.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm there. C minus C somewhere, somewhere there. Yeah. A solid yeah. 72%. Yeah.
0: Uh, the last guy that we have that's kind of on the outside of the rotation a mm-hmm. bit is Doke.
1: Get ready to learn Chinese, bud.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh I'm sorry, think, but if you are what is he? His third year now?
0: Yeah. And, and I like,
1: understand I'm going to let, let me finish just real yes. quick, please. I understand injuries. Yeah. I understand getting not not a lot of time. I understand yep. not, you know, getting on the court because you're, you know, behind Hassan Whiteside and you're b- behind Rudy Gobert. But in year three, that yeah. you still have to have people tell you, tell you where to be on the floor? Yeah. Unacceptable. In year three, that you still can't catch the ball on a pick and roll? Yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah. In year three, that you still cannot stay on the floor because you foul too much? Yeah. Unacceptable. I give him an F. Yeah. He failed. This guy is not going to be a part of the future. And it's one of the biggest bag fumbles that the Jazz have had in in recent history. I'm like I've said it before, and I understand hindsight's 2020, but man, I know Jaden McDaniel and Desmond Bain was on that big board. Yeah. Those guys are legitimate starting NBA players. Doke is not an NBA player.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, it was, it was a bad pick. It was a bad decision. And I think that the, the, the biggest, the most glaring thing is that like when Doak had an opportunity, right? Like it was this season that he had an opportunity. And on the first day that Damian Jones was on the roster, Damian Jones played seven minutes that night and it was
1: clear, clear. He was a better player.
0: It was crystal clear. Yep, if I takes- remember.
1: I remember texting you yeah. during that
0: game and being like,
1: "Doke's, Doke's finished."
0: Yeah, he's done. Yeah, and like I,
1: I like the-, the kid too. That's like it, It's a bummer thing. Like I, I don't have, I don't harbor any ill will towards you, Doka bouquet.
0: No, and he's a sweet boy, and. I think good on the jazz for playing him at the end of this season to kind of, to give him whatever chance he might have. He got his trial run. Yep. He did. Um, but yeah, I think overall with, I don't, you know, the injuries aren't his fault, but you know, availability is the best ability. Yep. And you know, if you can't stay on the floor and if your body has that many problems, that's a knock against you. Teams aren't going to sign you for that. And so I'm going to include it in the grade. And I just think that, overall he wasn't good enough and if i can decide in 7 minutes with a guy i'm not familiar with at all that he's better than you then you get an s
1: you failed yeah sorry failed. guy i hope wherever you land you know you're able to refine your skills and you're able to learn and adapt and and play basketball and i hope you get another shot in the league but it's not going to be with the utah jazz
0: no, like, the jazz the jazz get an F for picking him and he gets an F for what he was able to do.
1: Yep, yeah. Just an all-around failure.
0: Yeah. Now we're on to guys that were that were actually mm-hmm. playing Simone Fontecchio.
1: <sighs> kind of confusing. Yeah. For me a little bit because you see the glimpses. Yeah. You see the shooting. You see the ability to finish. You know, the, it, it, at, at at all three levels. You see the defensive versatility. You see that he can rebound. Like, you see that he can do all these things. But I didn't see him consistently put it all together. Yeah. Wildly inconsistent. His February was abysmal.
0: Well, and he said as much in his, in his exit interview, which, I, again, I like when guys are self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was like, "Ugh, February. I've I've never shot the ball that bad. Like that was horrible." (laughs) Yeah, and so he he's aware that like it was bad, and like one of the things he said it was like the game was faster than I expected it to be, Um, the game was more physical than I expected it to be, and he's like, "But this was a good." a good learning year for me because now I know like the different things and I'm like, okay, I've got to be more physical. I've got to be faster. And so those are the things that I have to work on. Like he, he's, he's very self-aware and he's also very confident. And so it makes me, it makes me hopeful. I would like to see one more season.
1: Yeah. I will. Yeah. I'm I'm 100% with you because he is still intriguing, and I do think that he has the ability to be a guy. I still agree with the comparison of, like, I think he can be a better, more versatile, more athletic George Niang. Yeah. And, like – George Yang's going to end up playing in the league six, seven, eight years. Like you could do a hell of a lot worse than that. I know, you know, he's not, he's never going to be a star, but I do think he has the ability to be a rotational player, but he has a lot of work to do this summer. He needs yeah. to get stronger. I think he needs to get in better shape.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what he was talking about. I have to be faster, which means I got to change my body. Yep. And I think that's fair. And like we saw like sparks of athleticism too. Like sure. we saw his ability to dunk. He can, <clears throat> he
1: can finish And like, he is like, what is he? Six, eight, six, nine. Like he's a, he's a pretty big dude, at least.
0: Yeah. He's like six, He's eight. long. Yeah.
1: You know? And like, I do think that he can be at least an average defender in the league. You know, yeah. I don't think he's going to be a lockdown guy, but I think like he's rangy and versatile enough that he can guard multiple positions and do it decent job especially in like a team concept
0: yeah and i think that you know o- overall like i just like if we're talking about grades like i i feel like a c is exactly where he is where it's yep. like i know there's potential there you didn't show it all and i'm looking now i mean he's under contract for next season and so if the jazz actually do end up keeping right it's only three million and so if they did want to waive him like they could sure right? but like to have a guy like at the end of the bench where like you could still work and develop him and see mm-hmm. see what he does this off I want to see how like you know what you needed to get better at. So like what do you do with this offseason? How do you yep. address those issues? What do you look like coming into next yeah. year?
1: And even with all of these, you know, these flaws and these, you know, that that self-awareness of what he needs to improve on. He still had multiple 20-point games this season. Right. Like he still has the ability to put the ball in the basket.
0: Right. Yep.
1: See, I, yeah, C. I'm, I'm 100% there with you. Rudy Gay. Great.
0: I am actually surprised.
1: I thought he played better than last year.
0: Right. Given that. I, and I would I say, su-
1: attitude wise, I think his best contribution this season is that he wasn't the locker room cancer he was last year.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's what I was surprised about. I was surprised that he accepted the role that he was given and that he, when I tell you the guys in the locker room loved him, I'm. I, that's not hyperbole. Like, he was very good with the young guys, especially awesome. like Ochai and Colin. Like, he was so important with them. Mm-hmm. And he was constantly being like an uplifting person. He was the opposite of anything that we thought about him. And listen, do I know that there were some absolute dumb moments on the court. And like, <laughs> do we know that Rudy Gay is, is washed? Like, yeah, we know that. Sure. Right? Absolutely.
1: It, he it, would probably tell you he was washed.
0: No, he wouldn't. In his exit interview, he was like, I still think I've got, I can get better. And that like, I'm, I can still contribute. And it's like, that's.
1: Oh, honey. adorable. You're 35. <laughs> I can tell you as somebody who's about to turn 38, it doesn't get better when you hit this age. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, like I, I, like the optimism, right? But like, it also shows me that his attitude coming out of this season is a lot different than last. Like yep. it was every everything about his attitude, the way he approached everything was just better. And like looking back on it, a lot of the criticism that I had of Rudy Gay on the court, it's like it didn't matter, right? Yeah, it didn't matter. It's not like it's not like uh, the Jazz were given a ton of optionality with who they could play and when they could play them. Right. and And like if – I said this before too. If you're going to give the guy 10 to 12 minutes a night and in return all you want is for him to be incredible in the locker room and with the young guys and you know that you're not trying to win games this season, what more do you want? Yeah. Great. Great. Do you have um, a letter grade? Can I give him a, can I give him two grades? I give him, him, you know, maybe I give him a B. He gets a pass. (laughs) I give him a B because I give him a C to C minus on the court. Yep. But I give him an absolute A plus off the court. Great. Yeah. That works for me. So I'm giving him a B. Cool. Colin Sexton.
1: I think, I think I give him a pass in the sense that like, he didn't play enough for me to really give him that grade. The bit that he did play, I really saw improvement, especially from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. I think him being under, uh, Mike Conley's tutelage was huge. Learning how to actually get a feel for the offense and be patient instead of being the young bull who goes zero to 60 in a second flat. um, I still have my question marks if he can be a starting uh, point guard in this league. However, I think another like big plus for him is accepting that role this season and accepting like this. You know, this is a guy who scored twenty plus points a game in the league, right. who's who's had the ball in his hands when he was in Cleveland and was like was the guy, like he was the point guard, and he realized like no, Mike Conley is the captain of the ship. I'm going to learn from him and I'm going to accept my role off the bench in that case, absolute a, but I still need to get, see more of him on the floor. What I saw from him this season was uh, intriguing and he's certainly trending upward. He still has a lot of bad habits.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the jazz coaching staff that they know that and that, Uh a lot a lot of what they want to do is try to break him of bad habits and so a lot of his improvement it's like it's going to be we're not talking about like just linear linear upward trajectory right like some of it's going to look bad before it gets better and I think that the jazz are willing to kind of live with that so that they Uh can kind of break him of and that's not to say like what he did in Cleveland was bad right like But he was given so much latitude because they just needed him to score. Right, right. And so when he's going to, like, and that's why Cleveland was willing to part with him. Because, like, when they wanted to get better and when they wanted to have, like, a more structured offense, they needed someone that was more structured. Yep. And I think that Colin Sexton needs to learn, like, more, like, X and O structure. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that I think we did see some improvement there. I saw. I agree with that. And I think that. You know, him, him wanting to go like full balls to the wall, like all out from beginning to end. Like, Mm -hmm. did that end up hurting him because he was like, you know, tweaking the hammies? Yeah. But I think that with the jazz being willing to be incredibly cautious and be like, Nope, we're going to, we're going to hold you out. This is going to be a slow process because we want you to be able to go balls to the wall. Right. Yep. And so I think that they were really smart with him and I think that he's going to benefit. I think him learning some patience from that honestly will probably benefit him too.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, very intriguing.
0: Yeah. I, I give him a B plus. I'm gonna because yeah i I
1: was gonna say I give him a b. I saw improvement, yeah, um obviously like a great locker room guy, yeah, the team loves him, and you know you have to factor that in uh I again, small sample size though would like to see I think more. that it's
0: I think it's notable that one of the guys that you know from from all accounts from what I've heard that it was like difficult to for them to play together. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was in Cleveland and like knew Colin. Yeah. And that was not like super harmonious. Right. <laughs> and the difference in both of them yes. here in Utah made them. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's liking my tweets when I'm tweeting about how much Colin Sexton loves basketball. Yeah. Right. Like he, Jordan really respected and appreciated what Colin did this season.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that that definitely has to factor in. I yeah. also think it's a great segue for us to talk about Jordan Clarkson.
0: Incredible segue. Jordan Clarkson. A minus. I mean, I'm just going full A because I –
1: Completely transformed his game at 30 years old.
0: Yeah. When you turn into – a and like when I talked to him about this, it was kind of mid-season when I wrote about it and I had a conversation with him where I was mm-hmm. like, you know – you're averaging career high in assists and like you're, you're a playmaker now. Yeah. <laughs> like wh- how, what's going on? And he's like, no one's ever asked me to be. Yeah. Right. Like, he's like, I, I was known as a gunner and that's what teams wanted me to do. They wanted me to go out and shoot it, let it fly. Yep. And so I did, I did it in Cleveland. I did it in LA when I got to uh, Utah, Quinn wanted me to shoot. He, Like I started to clean up the shot selection in Cleveland. I did it a little bit more when I got to Utah and it was, it was layups and threes and you can shoot it as much as you want. No one was asking me to be a facilitator. Yep. And then when Will said, I need you to be a facilitator, I was like, yep, no problem. Got it.
1: Yeah. It's, it it really was amazing watching him while also putting up 20 points a game and accepting like he was a six man of the year. And eventually became a starter and accepted that role and, you know, was one of like the real like fide vets on a very young team. And I thought he accepted all of those roles and he excelled. And I think this is one of Jordan's best seasons.
0: It is. And like the, you know, the numbers aren't going to jump off the page like the way that they did when he won sixth man. Yeah. Right. But like. I mean, it's just so interesting to hear him talk about the way that the season unfolded because uh-huh. er, when he was talking about like, you know, we're we're looking around, it's like who's gonna call a play, who's gonna bring the ball up, and or we're in a timeout and it's like who's gonna talk, and he like looked around and realized like, oh shit, it's yeah. me, uh-huh. <laughs> and he and like to very quickly be like, okay, fine, no, nope. I'm I'm just gonna do it. I will take this role, and he did it with grace and. Uh-huh. Uh, he he did he it with ex- skill. A skill, talent so good. exceeded expectations. Like yeah. absolutely blew expectations out of the water for what. And we he maybe, did it on both
1: sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, but like but what we thought maybe Jordan Clarkson was like he came out and in, in at thirty years old and was like, no, I can be I can be a different basketball player and did yeah. it like it looked it looked effortless.
1: Yeah, such a such an intriguing guy. I know. I I'm so I'm, I'm just so happy. He's a member of the Utah jazz.
0: Yeah. And I think the listen, I think that I think Jordan Clarkson is probably going to decline the player option because yeah. why wouldn't he, he can get paid.
1: He can, and he deserves it
0: and he deserves it. Yeah. And so I think that he can decline the player option easily. And I think that the jazz are going to really try to resign him because whether or not they end up like writing, the future with Jordan or not. I still think that a $20 million contract for Jordan Clarkson is a tradable contract. And so yep. I don't see any reason for them not to pay him.
1: Yeah. I would be surprised if he isn't a member of the Utah jazz next season.
0: I would also be surprised. Yeah. Yep. I give Jordan, I give him an a yeah. Next up, uh, Oh,
1: I'm giving him a, plus solely because he started out slow and we didn't know who he was and you know and he kind of had to learn how to play NBA basketball in the G League but once he finally got a shot and like became a part of the rotation holy smokes like this kid has real potential I have no idea what his ceiling is but even if like his rookie season is his floor Right. But still a rotational player in the NBA.
0: Yeah. I think I don't want to knock him for starting out slow because I think that was really intentional by the Jazz coaching staff to like send him to the G League to get him to like slowly come along and kind of see a few things. I think that Uh maybe Ochai didn't, in the kind of the same way that Simone, like I don't think he really realized how physical and how fast things were going to be. In the nba uh-huh. and i think that they needed to get him up to speed a little bit but like you said when once he started to get a shot what i like the most is like when he first started getting real minutes you saw some flashes and you were like oh like he's actually pretty good
1: he's really you, athletic he can you fast he can forward guard, you know yeah, yeah you fast
0: forward like four weeks from that when he first started getting a shot it's like oh there has been marked improvement
1: yeah it seemed like, like from the, from right when he first started getting minutes to the end of the season, he looked like a completely different player.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so
1: he, comfortable.
0: Yeah. He went from like being really passive and like a little bit scared to the, like hunting his shot and blocking guys at the rim.
1: And like calling for the ball in, yeah. in like big situations, not being afraid of the moment, you yeah. know, at the end of the season, Will was calling plays for Ochai.
0: Yeah, and he wouldn't have been calling the plays for Ochai like just as a normal progression. He mm-hmm. was calling plays for Ochai because he saw that Ochai was ready for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. B plus, maybe B plus. A minus. Like, yeah, he was really, really good. And like, if you're a jazz fan, you have to be very excited about him.
0: He's one of the guys that we were talking we talked last episode about how Will Hardy was like, oh, I don't want you to just think you can work on everything. I need you to go like two things, two things. When I talked to OJ he was like the guy that I was referencing when I asked Will about this, because uh-huh. talking to Ochi, it's like, what do you want to work on this summer? And he's like, everything. Everything. I want to be a better player. Yeah. And so like, I like that he's got someone like Will that can kind of like grab his shoulders and be like, bro, you only got two things. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I'm very excited about him. B plus. Yep. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker. This one is interesting. Yeah. This one's a, kind of. I here's I'm a, bit, what I it's a bit of a like. head
1: scratcher for me.
0: I wrote about this a few weeks ago. Uh, I wrote a column about Taylor and the thing that I don't like, the thing that bothers me is that you know, you see him with the ball in his hands and he's got a couple games where like he's got eight turnovers in a game and he doesn't do well. And then a few nights later, he's like putting up 37, right? And everyone's like, that's the Talon that, you know, you know, that's who you want. And like, he does all of these things every once in a while. It looks like maybe he's passing the ball better or that he's making better decisions.
1: Some nights he looks like he can actually shoot.
0: Yeah. The problem is that when you ask, when you talk to Talon about it, and, like, me and multiple reporters, like, lobbed softballs to him. Like, mm-hmm. like asking him, like, what is it that you've been watching on film or that you've been working on that is is creating this improvement? Like, what's the difference between what you were doing before and now? And he's like, I'm not doing anything different. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And he's like, those were just some bad games. Like, I'm still the same player. Yeah. And I- I'm like... I
1: don't, I don't believe that.
0: I mean, the problem is, is like, if you're not doing something different, that means that the good, the good games that you're having are on accident, right? They're anomalies Yep. that you, they can't be sustained because if you're not making a like intentional effort to be a better decision maker, then the good decisions that you make are on accident.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I, 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 I get exactly what you're saying.
0: I think about future success for him and what he could like, look like as a future player. And it's like, well, it depends on if he's trying to be a different player. Right. Also, he has also said things like, um, he's insinuated that his his shot selection is not bad. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, barf.
0: And so that, that, concerns me it concerns me that he is is not aware and this is what I talk about like self-aware players that's it's really important to have some self-awareness as yeah. an NBA player because if you don't then like then I look at a guy like Taylon and I think you're you're just who you are
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're not going to get better yeah and that's that's what I'm afraid of and listen did I think that without thinking about any of the times that I talked to him that there were times where he looked better yes but mm-hmm. then I talked to him and so that worries me. And I I don't know that we've seen anything from Talon that we didn't know we were going to get.
1: Yeah. I think that's summed up perfectly, which is why I gave him a C plus.
0: Yeah. I also give him a C plus. I would, I would love if he would have said anything different, I would be willing to give God, him a better so grade. so frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I can't imagine how frustrating it might be. To be like a guy that's coaching him. Yeah. And if that's the case, if he's just not like taking in anything, if he, if like, he's not hearing the criticism, if he's, I just don't know how he's internalizing anything. Yeah. Um, there was a little spark of hope in his exit interview. He had said that, um... He's like, I still need to be a better decision maker. Like there's still, I I think that I did okay and that I improved, but I, there's a lot of room for me to get better. And it's like, that's a little bit of a window where I'm like, maybe are you getting it? But like, so, I mean, repeatedly all season long talking to him was just like talking to someone who didn't see the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I give him a C. Yeah. Yep. Kelly Olinick I love him <laughs> I was I'm shocked Con- by Kelly Olinick
1: <laughs> connective tissue
0: connective tissue Yeah like and we saw
1: not the best player on the team absolutely one of the most valuable we saw this team go into the toilet when he was out oh, with those ankle yeah. those ankle injuries He yeah, just he does he does everything he He does he plays good defense he rebounds he's a great communicator he can initiate an offense he can hit shots like you know there's a reason he's been in the league for a decade
0: yeah I asked Kelly I was like do you think that you've changed the narrative at all on your on what you have left to give and he was like "Ah, that's a good question I guess do you think I have and I was like if I'm being honest yes because And if you end up in a place like Houston, Detroit, and then trade it away, I think that it like the narrative on what you have to give to the game becomes like, oh, you're washed and you're just being thrown around. Yeah. And, and he was like, yeah, that's a good point. He's like, you know, when you, when you end up on bad teams, there, there's going to be like a certain expectation or thought about you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think that, I think Kelly Olenek proved a lot of people wrong this season. Mm Mm-hmm and i I give Kelly an A minus for what he was able to do with the jazz. He looked absolutely great, and he was really, really important,
1: yeah. I give him a b plus, yeah, which yeah, he's just he was solid, was one of the bedrocks of the team this season, was a absolute leader and a veteran, and produced some really positive results, like he's a guy who raises that team's ceiling,
0: yeah. I think oh, these last two that we have to talk about, I think are really easy yep. and we're going to be quick with them, but that's not because of their lack of importance, right? Yep. Like Walker Kessler.
1: Absolute A. Nobody a thought he was going to be. Nope. Uh, he was a throw in. Yeah. And like is probably going to be second. He's already a finalist. He's probably going to end up second in rookie of the year votes.
0: Yeah, and he was like one of the best rim protectors, not just a rookie. He was one of the best rim protectors in the league.
1: Yeah. Post All-Star break, he was like what was it? Top 5 in block shots or something like that. Like just yeah. just a monster and learns so quickly and like, you know, still a rookie, still has lots and lots to learn. But again, if if this is Walker Kessler as a rookie, this is his his floor. Right. Imagine what his ceiling's going to be. I'm so excited to see what he looks like coming into next season.
0: Yeah. And he set he has set expectations really high for himself. And yeah. so it's going to be very interesting to see how he responds and like what he improves in from here on out. Yeah. But as far as his rookie season goes, a plus
1: one of the most surprising players in the league.
0: Yeah, this absolutely. Lowry Markkinen.
1: Most improved player.
0: Absolute a plus.
1: Yeah. You could not ask For a better season. The guy put up almost exact numbers to Dirk's MVP season in 2006.
0: Larry Markkinen came into the season as like a number three option on a very good team. Mm -hmm. And even in the early days of the season when it was like, oh, he looks pretty good. I I was still, I think along with everyone, we're still wondering like, okay, he can actually. When's the
1: other shoe going to drop?
0: He can actually be like a number two guy on a good team. Yeah. Lowry Markkinen can be your guy. I think that this, Lowry Markkinen can be the guy.
1: It, it, my only question is that we've seen these types of season in the past and then we've seen a drop off.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is it sustainable? Is it
1: sustainable? Because this season was incredible. And yeah. I 100% believe that Lowry is not only going to win most improved, he's going to make an all-NBA roster. That's how good this guy was. Yes. He was phenomenal on both sides of the ball. He was the Jazz's best overall defensive player. Yep. And averaged 25 a game with nine rebounds and a couple of assists and was absolutely the go-to guy and delivered. That's the thing that was so amazing to me this season is that it seemed early in the season when we were talking that we still had some question marks about Lowry being able to adjust to the guy. Like being the guy, he's always been a guy, you know, like you can get the ball to and get a bucket, but like, you're the top guy on the scouting report. Now, how do you, how do you adjust and adapt to that? And he did so incredibly well.
0: Yeah. And I think that it, it was really important for Will to also kind of have like a, not like a heart to heart, but a real conversation with him about what leadership is Yep, because uh, for a lot of basketball players that means being some sort of a vocal leader and Lowry is the first one to tell you like I'm I'm still working on that part of it yep. but Will told him like you can lead by example that can be like your power here mm-hmm. as a leader and and Lowry did it in heaps and mountains, like he absolutely led by example being one of the guys who works the longest is in the gym first stays late does extra stuff, always trying to get better always asking questions like he he made it a point to lead by example, and also was making a point like trying to trying to break out of his shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm I just could not be happier for him. He he worked hard. He had an incredible season. He was a first time All Star. He was an All Star starter. I know that that was kind of a default, but like he was an All Star starter. Yeah, he was an All Star starter. He's going to be All NBA. He's going to be the most improved player. How do you not give the guy a freaking A plus?
1: Yeah, incredible season. And right. he, I would say he was out of any any. I understand it's a team game, obviously, right? But out of one player that had the like the, the biggest impact on the Jazz exceeding expectations, it was Larry Markkinen. 100%. Larry Markkinen is the MVP of this team. He absolutely is. Yeah.
0: <sighs>
1: we did it. That was fun. That was fun. I'm really excited to watch the playoffs tonight.
0: I cannot wait. I have to pack because uh, I'm
1: going out of town. And what a perfect excuse. But to shove a bunch of clothes... And toiletries in my bag with the TV on.
0: Absolutely perfect. Yep. That's going to do it for us, folks. You guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download. Do all of the things. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow our producer, Matt, if he was here. Where's that guy?
1: Um, Some of us. next, I guess, I mean, nobody wants to work anymore.
0: <laughs> hey next week guys we're gonna be doing a mailbag episode and so please send in all your questions send them to the unsalvageable twitter send them to greg's tw- dm both of us dm yeah. any of us at swans of never Matt. flood him with dms <laughs>
1: <laughs> ruin his life <laughs>
0: We we want to hear all your questions, whether it's summer league draft, next season, anything. Reflect. You want to ask us about our personal lives? You can do that. Um, I'm happy. You might get bad answers. (laughs) I'm happy to give you movie recommendations from 30 years ago. Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. Send us all your questions. We can't wait to hear from you. We'll be back next week to answer all of them. Uh, and that's that from us. Uh, we will talk to you next time. Waffle House. It's a waffle home.